Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z. Blog Talk Radio. Boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is MC Money, and I'm joined by Joshua Housepower. And Josh, I know that nickname is no longer uh, working, but we'll talk about that in just a little bit. Our boy Certain, the soccer dad, he is off this week. Congratulations to Certain and his lovely wife. They had twins earlier this week, Monday afternoon. Uh, so they, the twins are doing well. Certain is doing as well as he can possibly do. Uh, it's certain, you know, he's he's not the greatest guy out there, and, and his wife is doing well. Um, also, we do apologize for coming to you 30 minutes later than normal tonight. If you're listening live, of course, if you're listening on playback or on iTunes, the technical difficulties we experienced earlier today at 9:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time does not apply to you. But for those who are sticking around. And listening to us live, we are thankful for that. I know you guys in the live thread have been rock stars and and very patient with us. Um, I had to, of course, with the blizzard that hit the Northeast yesterday and and remnants of today, I had to go shovel and snowblow the in-laws driveway tonight. And really, tonight was the only night that I can get it done. Thursday, Friday, I'm working. And Saturday, I am tied up. So, you know, we were ready to go. House was ready to start the show. And then we realized we didn't have all the, all the things in the right place with the block talk radio and they didn't have the right stuff set in place for us. So, so for that, it was kind of the perfect storm there going on, but we are here. We are ready to talk Miami Dolphins football. We are ready to talk about how and, and how, um, and how he's a little depressed because of Dante Hightower going back to the Patriots. We're hoping certain can call in. Uh, but if he doesn't, we, we are rocking and ready to go. I, I told you on Twitter, um, before I get to that, how I uh, just wanted to say, you know, I am sorry that Dante Hightower signed with the Patriots. I know you're going through a tough time. Yeah, it's, it's a little rough. I mean, his contract came out, he's making, what, $43.5 million, So it's not quite as big a contract as we expected him to get. I mean, I know we were eating wings. We were both excited about Dante Hightower, we were both excited about the Kenny Stills signing. And, I mean, yeah, it's hard. I, I like what the Dolphins did with Timmons. I think he's a great player. I just don't know if he's quite Dante Hightower. And then to see him go back to New England for that price, yeah, it's it's a little hard. But I think we both saw it coming, and it's time to move on. Yeah, and, and that kind of leads me into my point here. With I told you on Twitter, for those who follow me on Twitter, um, I'm going to go off on sources to start the show. And last week, I, I tweeted that the Titans were closing in on a deal with Dante Hightower. And they absolutely were. But I also said, just a few minutes later, after that tweet, 
that the Patriots do not count them out and that they were going to make a strong push Dante Hightower. And today we saw that he signed with the uh, re-signed with the New England Patriots. So he, so here's what's going on, guys. Okay, sources, uh, s- some sources, and I have sources. I know people get up in a frenzy on Twitter when when the word sources is mentioned. I guess people get I don't know, maybe that that feeling of oh you think you're better than me because you have a source or whatever. Sources are a loose term, guys. Sources can be someone directly related to the team, someone employed by the team, an agent, a middleman. It can be any type of person that that is a source. And here's what happens with sources. Sources are very rarely top of the ladder management in the team. Okay? I don't think anybody has a source that's Mike Tannenbaum or anyone has a source that's Adam Gase. Maybe the big guys like Schefter and Rappaport, they're well-connected, and they have access to the top of the ladder. But other guys you see out there, I would bet on saying that they don't have direct access to the top of the ladder. Instead, those guys are going through middlemen, okay, or someone directly employed by the team. But here's what happens. Things can change very easily in the NFL, very quickly. We see it every single year where, where things change. And, you know, you guys, like, like Rappaport and Schefter are out there, and they, they're accurate. Because, one, they're getting info directly from the agent. And, two, they're likely connected towards the top of the ladder in the organization. Everyone else, well, not everyone else, but, but guys who don't work at networks and everything else, for the most part, they're going through middlemen. And, and you know, Josh can vouch for me and Sutton can vouch for me and others can vouch for me that I talk to privately on Twitter. I do have sources and, you know, some, some are trustworthy. Some, I, some aren't so trustworthy in terms of getting the right information out there. There are a few others on Dolphin, Twitter, um, CK Parrott, SI Clancy, Ian Warren, NFL Film Study. Those guys are connected into the team. Uh, I'm connected into, into the team there. And we all get information. And sometimes that information changes very quickly. So, so you know, when, when we say stuff like, you know, I'm hearing this, I'm hearing that, we're not lying. We're not making stuff up. We are hearing that, and we are being told that information. But like Santari Pope, for example, I was told and others were told that the, the interest was very strong on both sides, and they wanted to get a deal done. Santari Pope left – Miami today without a contract. You know, really not many people came at me on Twitter because it can get ruthless out there. But sometimes that happens. And I'm just trying to tell everyone that things can change very quickly in the NFL. And one other thing before we move on or before House weighs in. You know, this thing of others copying people's tweets and everything else, pretending they have sources and whatnot. You know, I don't I don't really get what people get out of that, you know, maybe to feel cool or whatever. Um, but I think it's very obvious when you click on someone's Twitter profile, whether they have a source or not. And I don't mean to say that in a condescending way. But, but listen, let's be realistic here. Let's let's talk real. If you have 200 followers, okay, and you follow 175 people, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you don't have any real sources. If you have 400 followers and 300 you follow, 
I'm going to go out on a limb and say you don't have sources. Okay. It's very obvious to people who aren't lazy and look below the layers. Okay. And, and keep track of these things. It, it's just, you know, this time of the year, everyone wants to say stuff and everyone wants to get credit for things. It's just tiring at times. And, and I thought about not tweeting about, you know, information I know or, or things or holding back some things, but I haven't this year. And I know 95% of my followers appreciate that. And I'm going to continue to give information that I am told. And sometimes it will be wrong, but I can guarantee you 75 to 80% of the time it will be right. Houts, I don't know if you want to add anything to that or we can move on and I can get off my yeah, soapbox. Yeah, yeah I, want to touch, I want to touch on a little bit. I was there every wings. I think uh, then you got a text and mentioned Kenny still signing, signing with the Dolphins, and a few hours later it happened. So, I mean, I, I did see it firsthand. I know you were one of the first people to talk about Sue. For me, I just think this time of the year people just want to be uh, – they just kind of go out on a limb or just maybe even start a rumor just to, in hopes that it comes true and maybe they get a few more followers. So, I mean, I think that's why people copy other people's tweets or maybe they tweet out something a little bit prematurely. Uh, for me personally, I'm a chef, so I have sauces. I mean, bechamel, velouté. <laughs> Espanol, Hollandaise, tomato, that's what I have. So anytime I tweet something, I put sauces. That's completely made up, completely fabricated. I hope people don't take that seriously. I looked at the clock today. It was 1.34. I figured uh, there's a good chance Don Terrio Poe's uh, eating lunch right now, so I tweeted something out. A couple people, I saw it on the Falcons message board. People kind of took it seriously. Uh, if I tweet sauces, do not take it seriously. I have no sources, uh, but – but I just want to thank you, Kanata, and I think a lot of Dolphins Twitter wants to thank you and the guys like C.K. Parrott and some of the other guys that, that do give out information that they receive. And we're very thankful that you do that, and I hope that uh, some of these guys that might copy you or, or try to be try to one-up other people, I, I hope that doesn't uh, make you decide not to share that information because it's something that Dolphins Twitter really enjoys, and uh, I'm thankful for it. So good work. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. And listen, guys, there are things that I am told as well that I am told I cannot repeat, okay, uh, due to the sensitivity of information flowing and that that person really has a connection in there and very few people know about it. I am told that I cannot repeat it. I'll give you one example with the Julius Tom trade. I, I tweeted, I texted House and Sutton um, that I had heard uh, that, that Julius Thomas, the deal was getting done with the next 24 hours. Literally 10 minutes later, Ian Rappaport tweeted that the trade was going through. So so things like that where I cannot tweet it out, where I do have the information, but I do talk privately to others. There are many people I talk to privately on Twitter uh, in direct messages. Uh, just know that there is a lot of information out there, and there is plenty more going on behind the scenes that we cannot always reveal to you. Okay, so just hang tight. Follow your crowd. Follow your people. Uh, just be careful of, of what you read and, and who people are saying have sources. I think it's pretty fairly easy if you're on Twitter and, and you see the number of followers a person has. You know, that sounds kind of nerdish in a way, but really that's how you gain credibility on Twitter, right, with a number of followers. So just keep an eye on that. All right, let's move on. And I know we have a caller on hold. We'll get to you in just a few minutes. But let's talk about the Dantari Paul, uh, Joshua House. So he started at 9.30 a.m. this morning. Dolphins and he finished at 6.30 p.m. Uh, all signs were pointing towards the deal getting done, and he left without a contract. Jimmy Sexton is Dantari Poe's agent. Jimmy Sexton also represents Adam Gase and Dominic and Sue, and yes, even Bill Parcells, 
who is still influential with Mike Tannenbaum and others within the Dolphins organization. Oh, by the way, Jimmy Sexton is also Andre Branch's agent. So things are moving in the right direction, but he left without a contract uh, signed. Um, he went back to Arizona tonight to think things over. He has several offers on the table, one of them being from the Falcons, the other being from the Jaguars, and, of course, the Miami Dolphins as well. As well. So we'll see where that happens. But, you know, for me, I think a lot of people are getting excited over the name of the Dontari Poe. Yeah, it's a big name. But it was a big name a few years ago. Just remember, Dontari Poe had only one and a half sacks last year. I think actually the past two years. He was ranked towards the bottom of the league in tackles for loss. I think there was over 400 defensive tackles who had more tackles for losses than Dontari Poe last year. Okay, he hasn't been what he's normally been that he was when he first entered the league. So last year, he had one and a half sacks. In 2015, he had one sack. 2014, six sacks. 2013, four and a half sacks. All right, so so the stats aren't totally there the past few years. And yes, he played in 16 games last year. The year before, he played in 15 in 2015. Durable guy, absolutely. But in terms of is he the player that he once used to be, I'm not sure. And when your own team, like the Chiefs, are not going hard after him, that should raise a red flag for you. Houts, what are your thoughts on Poe? I know you like Poe. Yeah, I mean, for me, I I like Poe. I'm not in love with Poe. I think my favorite thing about him was that touchdown pass he threw, I think, last year down at the goal line. I I mean, that was pretty cool. I I tweeted out a picture of him on Ronnie Brown earlier today. Uh, For me, I like the player, but I do agree. I think think the price tag is probably what – uh, I mean, I know there's still a chance it gets done, but I think his price tag might be a little too high for what the Dolphins were anticipating or, or even considering to, to pay. So, I mean, I like the player. I think being next to Ndamukong Sue would, would definitely help any player's career. But he's 26 years old. I think he's turned 27 later this year. Like you said, I think he has a back injury that could cause concern, and he hasn't really been himself lately. So, I mean, I look at a guy like Jonathan Hankins out there. I, I think he's younger. I think he – played better against the run last year in New York. So there are other other options. Jordan Phillips, I like him. I hope he can turn into a stud. But, I mean, yeah, Don Terrapo, it's not going to make or break the Dolphins season, in my opinion. Uh, Big name. I like him for for that touchdown pass, but I'm okay with the Dolphins moving on. So so here's the thing with Jonathan Hankins, right? Now let me ask you a question, House. If you are – playing next to Olivia Vernon and Jason Pierre-Paul. I mean, don't you think you're going to rack up the, the stats as well? Jonathan Higgins last year played in 16 games, three sacks, 28 total tackles. The year before, 21 tackles without Vernon, without those guys, no sacks. Although in 2014, he did have seven sacks. So do you think it's a result of playing on a great defensive line, or do you think it's a result of Hankins might be the real deal? might be a little bit of a vanilla answer, but I think it's kind of a little bit of both. I mean, he's, he's what, tw- 24 years old, 20, 26. I don't, I don't know how old he is exactly. 24. 24. Yeah. So, I mean, you look at the stats, he had a good year last year and a little bit of an okay year. And like you said, he had those seven sacks. Uh, I, I like the player. I think he's, he's a pretty good uh, run stop and defense tackle. I think you mentioned the players around him. I, I'm sure that definitely helped. And I think he'd have that same thing here in Miami. I mean, we got Cameron Wake. I know he's getting up there in age. We just signed Andre Branch, bringing in uh, William Hayes. And then he's next to Dom Kutsu. So I think it's a little bit of both. I, I don't think he's getting much love out there on the free agent market. 
I think he's definitely a player the Dolphins should look into. And hopefully, I mean, maybe they offered Poe a, a cheaper contract that uh, maybe Jonathan Hankins would accept. So, I mean, there's definitely options out there. I think the Dolphins need to upgrade at defense tackle because, again, they finished 30th against the run in 2016. That's something they need to change. And, I mean, Jonathan Hankins, Dontero Poe, that's, that's a start in the right direction. <clears throat> All right, let's bring in this caller. Uh, he's on the line. Who are we talking to? Welcome to Finside Radio. Uh, we're talking to Kai. Kai, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty well. How are you guys? Pretty good. You're doing very well. What's your question for us tonight? So, uh, I think in terms of just like a general statement before my question, I think we can all agree that Jonathan Hankins' agent hasn't done the greatest job for him so far this offseason. Yep. And that he, I mean, he could have probably gotten a lot of money in terms of basically just baiting out certain teams in terms of the monetary aspect, uh, especially towards the beginning of free agent free agency. So I think that sucks. But I think that the, the my, my basic question is, would you guys rather grab Don Terry Poe on a one-year deal or maybe even a two-year deal, a one-year with the option of the second year, uh, to see what he produces or would you guys rather try to assess him in the draft or get a lower tier free agent uh, defensive tackle? Great question, Kyle. I'm going to put you on mute. Thank you for calling Finside the Radio. House, I'll take this one. I would rather much have Hankins than Poe. Um, he's younger. I think he has more upside than Poe. And I think Hankins has a lot more hungrier to prove himself uh, rather than Poe was just looking for that big payday. Um, you know, they are talking about Hankins going back to the Giants on a one-year deal. But if the Dolphins can maybe look at that and say, well, maybe maybe Hankins is a little better option for us, then I would love for them to go in that direction. I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah, that's that's the way I'd do it, too. I mean, Poe, great player. Uh, like we said earlier, injury concerns, not quite the player he once was. Hankins, I mean, Hankinson, I'd like to give him a chance. I'd like to try to get him away from New York if possible. So that's definitely the route I'd go. All right. Uh, House, let's go to the live thread now. Uh, what do we have going on here? But before you do that, we have breaking news right now. Armando Salguero just posted an article, and I am going to just skim here. Here we can look. Uh, let's see. You can look at the live thread to see what we got, but I think it's still talking about Hankins. Okay, yep, so sorry. I guess it wasn't breaking news. It was kind of a clickbait article. So Armando Salguero is saying that Jonathan Hankins is the dark horse candidate. Um, just kind of recapping today's visit that with the with the Dolphins and the Dontari Poe. And someone within the Dolphins organization asked, what about the defensive tackle dumb columnist Amanda was putting out there? And the answer came back something like this. We know... Mandel put Hankins' name out there, and he thought of Hankins long before Mandel thought of him. So I guess the Dolphins are thinking of Hankins. Um, he is on the radar, but according to Armando, he's never going to be a Miami Dolphin unless something dramatic changes either with him or the Dolphins. So I guess that puts our whole conversation to rest. Yeah. I guess <laughs> inside a radio and had to throw that article up. All right. Anyways, uh, let's go to – the live thread. What do we have going on? All right. The first one, and it's kind of going with what we've been talking about. Alpha asked, what is the reason the Dolphins are wanting to have so many defensive linemen? 
Uh, I'll take this one. Obviously, 30th against the run last year. They're still trying to upgrade a linebacker, so I think uh, solidifying that defensive line really really helps the linebackers. And, I mean, you got a guy like Kiko. You brought in Lawrence Timmons, and we're still not sure the other outside linebacker will be. So, I mean, that front four is definitely uh, – the nucleus for this defense. So I think that's a big reason Dolphins are trying to bring in defensive linemen and try to solidify the front front seven. Uh, here's another one. It's from Redwood. He asked, why didn't we try to sign one of the several top guards in the free agency class? Larson seems like a depth signing at best and not signing anyone else seems to mean that Bushrod is going to be the default starting right guard in 2017. With all the failed high draft picks we've spent on offensive guard in the past years, I don't get why we wouldn't spend some money for a sure thing to at least fill one, if not two, of the defensive guard holes. I'll let you take that one, Kanata. Yeah, so I'll take this one. Redwood, thank you for chiming in and asking us a question. So Armando Salguero put out an article earlier today that, that kind of explained the reason the Dolphins did what they did at the offensive guard position. And even before that, a few weeks ago, the Dolphins brass made it very clear that they're only putting a value on certain positions and a premium on certain other positions. The ones that are going to make a huge impact in a game and win the Dolphins games. When you think of offensive guard, is that a position that's going to help you win the game? No, it is not. Can it help you lose the game? Absolutely it could. But can it help you win the game? No. They're thinking of guys like quarterback, like defensive end, like linebacker, like cornerback, who can make a huge impact in the game. They're going to pay the big money to those guys. The offensive guard, they are not going to pay big money to those guys. And we saw that this year. Now, Zietler and another guy, TJ Lane, got crazy money in free agency, absolute crazy money. And the Dolphins just don't think it is worth spending that kind of money on offensive guard. Now, going back to Armando Salguero, the Miami Herald, earlier today he posted an article that said the Dolphins looked at their schedule this year and saw they're playing a lot of 3-4 defense. And in a 3-4 defense, when they're rushing the pass, the offensive guards don't need to do much. Yes, when you're running the ball, the offensive guards need to get to that second level and block the linebackers. But the Dolphins obviously feel confident they can get up there and at least put a body on those linebackers. With Jay Ajayi running back there in that Patrick offensive line, he rushed for over 1,200 yards last year, and, and that was only in about maybe 11, 12 games. Think of Jay Ajayi in 16 games running through those holes and getting those offensive guards on the same page with the offensive line and everyone in sync. Second year in the system, they will probably make a good improvement based off last year. So really it's just the value the Dolphins are putting on the offensive guard position was not a ton, um, and they're just going to hope that things just work out and based on their schedule, going season to season, they are going to think, and they think that the offensive guard position, they are going to be set at it. Now, we'll see what they do in the draft, but they don't want to go into the draft thinking that they must draft an offensive guard, so it looks like Bushard might be coming back. All right, one more from Redwood. Uh, why exactly did the front office spend so much time in the early days of free agency trying to sign Sheard, only to let him leave Miami without a deal? Uh, he signed for a reasonably three-year, $25.5 million deal. How, why did Miami not sign him? Uh, I think we've seen it since Adam Gates arrived here. The Dolphins aren't going to overspend on a free agent. They seem to have a price set heading into that visit or, or meeting with the player. And if it exceeds that, I, I don't think Miami's going to sign him. We saw that. I know they had little interest in Hightower. That was a, a good example. And maybe even today with Ontario Poe, they have a number set in place and that's their number. They don't, they're not looking to go above that. And I think it's the right way to build. I think Miami's trying to do this little patchwork and free agency, sign these starters that can contribute early on. And then they're looking to the draft to get those, those key players to, to mold this franchise around. So, I mean, I, I agree with the way they're doing things. I don't have any inside information if maybe there's a reason sheared left, but for me, I think they had a price in mind sheared, uh, 
exceeded that price and Miami let him go. And, and I mean, right after that, we saw that trade for William Hayes, which I, I think was a great deal. Uh, a cheap veteran. I don't like that they got rid of that uh, 2018 year on the contract. I mean, it, it's almost it, – he was he was making such a reasonable uh, salary next season. I felt like Miami should have kept that, uh, utilized him for two years. But, I mean, he, he's a good player, very good against the run, and I, I like what Miami did. Couldn't get sheared, so they went right out and got William Hayes. Two things about that house. Um, I do have some inside information on that. So, during Sheard's visit, they actually became aware of the trade possibility for William Hayes uh, right in the middle when Sheard was in the facility. So, of course, that obviously piqued their interest. And then when they saw Sheard's contract man, they ended that visit pretty quickly. And uh, (laughs) they moved on, and then within hours, the, the Hayes trade was announced. Now, if you look at Sheard's contract with the Colts, it's very highly front-loaded. I think he's making like $8, $10 million in his first year. You compare that with Andre Branch, who's only making about $2 million in his first year. So, of course, there's contract and salary cap issues with the Dolphins right now. Uh, a lot of high-player contracts, and, of course, Ntomic and Sue eating up a ton of that money. So the Dolphins need to be creative in terms of pushing money down the road when the cap rises and so forth. They backloaded Andre Branch's contract. Shaval Sheard, his contract was front-loaded, and the Dolphins could not just afford that. Um, it would have been hell on the salary cap, and they wouldn't have had much money to make any other moves. So that's really kind of what it came down to. All right, do we have anything else in the live thread? Let's pick out one more question. Uh, I think that was it in the live thread. Okay, I'm going to jump to Twitter. I know we got one from Rob Carruth, our buddy. Uh, no one ever blocks Rob Carruth, by the way. If you are a block Rob Carruth, don't ever think about doing it again we will come after you. Okay, how <laughs> wide open is the first-round pick after free agency? Rob, the Dolphins and every other team in the NFL want to go into the draft, not having to draft for need. I think the Dolphins have done a very good job at that. It is wide open. They're going to focus heavily on defense, but they can do anything in the first round right now. They can go defensive end. They can go linebacker. They can go corner. They can go safety. It is very wide open. Hell, they can even go guard or tight end if they want to. Uh, so the Dolphins, I'm very excited for the draft and to see how it all shakes out. Uh, but it's going to be one exciting time. And who knows, you might have a little Remy Tunsil, someone like that fall again, and we'll have another player drop to us. So we'll see how that all, you know, goes in just, I think it's like 45 days. And I am a, I get excited about the draft house. And then the draft comes, and I'm not really that excited. Yeah, you just you just have to wait now till what rookie mini camps and and training camp and it the it seems like the wait till the drafts forever but between free agency the draft comes real quick and then there's just that long few months without football which always sucks. Well, like when you're watching the draft, right? I mean, the first round's exciting and you're all excited about the second round and the third round. Yeah. And after an hour, it's like, damn, this is boring, right? Do you get like that or yeah. is that just no? No, you're right. Yeah, you get real excited, and then it just seems to drag on forever. And, and like you said, after the second or third round, I mean, at that point, they're not even talking about the players on the board. They're just going on. Now, that, get, that gets me mad. That gets me yeah. mad. How- yeah, and how because- many times do you see players picked, and then it, it takes long for the television even? Like, you'll be watching NFL Network, you'll see it on Twitter, and then five, ten minutes later, they finally talk about the pick, and it's for, like, 30 seconds, and they're on to, like, what the Browns or Patriots did in the first round. Yeah, so, you know, that makes me upset. And when I ran FinManiacs.com years ago, I did a Saturday podcast on day three of the draft. 
And it was actually like a four to six hour podcast. It was a little crazy, but we brought in all these draft experts and draft Knicks and, and we talked players and we talked them as they were drafted and so forth. And it was really fun. I don't think we're going to do a four hour podcast on day three of this year's draft, but we are probably going to have, we are going to have some kind of draft special where we bring in a bunch of different guests and see what their thoughts are. Agent J had one more question. What kind of extension should, should Jawan James receive? That's a good question. I don't think we're going to see anything with Jawan this year. Uh, They're probably going to wait until after the season to really work something else with him. So we'll have to keep our eyes on that. House, I know you were very upset earlier today. You made a comment about something. And I told you to stop it because it's rehashing the past. But I want, to talk, oh, no. I want you to get your feelings out there for everyone to hear. And perhaps we can help you through this. What, what were you upset about today i mean i wasn't necessarily upset but i just feel like every anytime i see drew Brees' name come up i just have to reiterate the fact that he could have been a miami dolphin uh whatever the doctors thought was right or wrong with him i i'm holding grudges i mean i i'm not sure that things would be anywhere near the way they were for drew Brees. i was a fan of him at uh purdue i wanted the dolphins to draft him and then when he's a free agent i was real excited and with whatever was wrong with his shoulder, they decided to go a different direction. Dante Culpepper, I remember the Dolphins' Super Bowl odds that year went skyrocket through the roof, and then I think it was the first game of the year he got hurt. And, I mean, I've held that grudge for since it happened. So it was 11 years to the day Drew Brees signed with the, the Saints, and I still to this day think he should have been a Dolphin. I don't know what the Dolphins would have done. I don't know if Nick Saban and Drew – well, I kind of feel in my heart that Drew Brees and Nick Saban would have – Perhaps won a Super Bowl. I know, like you said, we won't have Ryan Tannehill. We certainly won't have Adam Gase. But, I mean, for me, Drew Brees, he's always that close to being a Dolphin in my heart. Yeah, so uh, we can do an entire show on that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what happened there? And I do have some information on that. And perhaps one day we will talk about that. But I know that hurts a lot of people in terms of what could have been. And, yeah, I think the Dolphins would have a Super Bowl if Drew Brees was a Miami Dolphin along with Nick Saban. But, like I, I just agree. said, that is a different conversation. We could do an entire show on that. And maybe one day we will. All right, before we wrap up the show, again, in the off season and not a lot going on, so we only keep it at 30 minutes when possible. Before we go off, I just want to throw this in your heads, okay? Think about – what Adam Gase said when he says that he looks at the season as a week-to-week plan, right? Every week is new. Every game plan is based on that week's opponent. We have seen the offense get set up for future success with them re-signing the young wide receivers and them currently working on extension with Jarvis Landry. They want the offensive line to grow together. We could see them move on from Mike Pouncey as early as after this season and get really a really young group coming in to really work together. Tannehill, of course, is locked up. And you're working with Julius Thomas, who still is quite young and has hopefully some good amount of time left in his career. On the defensive side of the ball, I know when Dominic and Sue is kind of uh, taking up a lot of cap there, so it's hard to really build for the future there. But... Do you think the Dolphins and Adam Gase look at their roster as a year-to-year foundational basis? 
if they look at their teams on a week-to-week basis, do they look at their roster on a season-to-season basis? Of course, they want to build for the future. And of course, they want that foundation there. But just think about that. And I think there are points to be made to both sides. And we're going to talk about that quite a bit next week on Finsider Radio. And I do want you to talk about it in the live thread next week and even tonight. Hit us with your questions on Twitter about it. Call into the show next week. Because I really want to get people's thoughts on that. And I kind of posed that question earlier today on Twitter. And how I don't know if you have some real quick thoughts on that before we head off the air. But I mean, do you think it's a season-to-season basis? Or do you think it's just because of the limitations of the cap because of contracts like environments? You know, I, I didn't see posting on Twitter, but I, when you just said that, I mean, my mind kind of exploded because it kind of seems like that is the way Adam Jason and the rest of the Dolphins front office approach things. I mean, you see these signings each year, these veterans they bring in to plug and play here and there, and, I mean, that's a damn good question. I mean, you see the foundation, like you said, being laid, but it does seem like, I mean, they are – it does look like they're going through it at a, a year-to-year basis, and – that's a, that's a good question. I'm definitely going to be thinking about that in the future. Yeah, yeah. Think about it. Everyone think about it. We'll talk more about it next week. And, of course, the Dolphins signing Lawrence Timmons, another guy, basically a two-year contract. Uh, we'll have to see how he fits into the system after playing in the 3-4 for so long. But he, it looks like he is going to go into the middle linebacker slot with Kiko Alonso on the outside. And I do have some more thoughts on that as well for next week. So next week's going to be a packed show with some really mind-boggling thoughts that's going to make your, like House just said, mind explode. So that's a little teaser for you all. Follow us on Twitter, at House, at Finsider Radio, talking a live thread. We thank you for being patient with us tonight while we work through our technical difficulties. We thank you for joining Finsider Radio. We'll see what the Dolphins do over the next week. We'll talk about it all next week on Finsider Radio. Until then, have a great week. Take care. Hey everybody, it's Neil Patel, editor-in-chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else you listen to podcasts, check it out.